Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. It's always surprising to me how many people would consider themselves believers in the paranormal. I often teeter between skeptic to being a full-fledged believer. Some phenomena are so inexplicable that there seems to be no other justification. Or maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me, I don't know. I've often thought of my own experience with the paranormal, a story I'll share with you later in the episode. Okay, time to get spooked. I lost my grandfather in the late 1990s to natural causes. It was one of the more devastating losses in my life. He was my best friend, although he was disabled and well into his late 80s, he would let me spend hours in his room just playing my guitar terribly, I might add, or reading him a book I had just written. He used a walker to get around since he had severe arthritis in his knees. I can still hear that walker in my head if I really think hard about it. Unfortunately, the day he passed away, I was spending the night with my cousin, My grandpa had been sick for the past month, but I expected him to get better. When I arrived home the next morning, my family was in the living room with tears in their eyes. I mean, everybody was crying, and I don't know how I didn't put two and two together. I thought they were just, you know, worried about my grandpa and were overreacting. So I calmly told them, he's going to be okay, don't worry. My mom just hugged me and told me that he had actually passed away. And I was dumbfounded and in shock. I asked what happened, and they just said that he passed away with a smile on his face. I walked into his room, and they were right. He was there with a smile on his face. I kissed him goodbye and internally berated myself for being selfish and leaving the house when I knew he was sick and needed me. I I told myself that I should have stayed home, but my grandma really wanted me to go and just have a good night with my cousin. The weeks leading up to his passing had been stressful for all of us. My grandma, my brother, and I spent every night sleeping on the floor in his room. He would call out for any one of us and just be in some sort of pain or carrying on a conversation. He would sometimes speak to my great-grandmother, who had already passed away over 20 years before. After I said goodbye to him, I walked into his closet and sat in between his set of pajamas, and he had a ton of them. That's all he wore. I held on to them and cried for what seemed like hours. I couldn't fathom not having him in my life any longer, but he was gone. His funeral came and went, and I stayed in my room listening to music. Music has always been my solace, and in my time of need, it comforts me. 
weeks after his death, I was still very sad over his loss. I remember waking up, but not getting up. It was time for school, and my grandmother had called for me to get up, so today I wasn't feeling it. I couldn't find the energy to get up, so I kept my eyes closed and stayed in bed. She called out again, a little frustrated, and I ignored her. Then I heard the familiar clicks I had heard every morning. My mind took a second to register what I was hearing, but then I heard my grandpa call out my name. My eyes opened in an instant, and I sat up in bed almost like a spring had forced me forward. I desperately looked around, but he wasn't there. I cried about it and told him I missed him, hoping that he could hear me. After that, I didn't hear his walker again, nor did I hear his voice. I've had a few more paranormal experiences that I look forward to sharing with you in future episodes. There's one that I'm kind of nervous to tell because I can't tell if it was a dream or if it actually happened, but you'll hear it soon enough. Sam has been a longtime supporter of all of my shows, and I was thrilled when I opened the haunted mailbox to find a submission from him. This is his story. When I was a kid, about eight or nine at the time, I lived with my grandparents and my uncle in an area known as Fulton Hill in Richmond, Virginia. Our house sat on a hill and had a large pile of gravel beside it. My uncle liked to play around, and sometimes he would lay on the floor on his back and pick me up with his feet. One night, he picked me up with his feet, and I was right at the window. Instead of seeing the usual pile of gravel, I could see a mustached man with long sideburns in a gray uniform. He had a gun with a long barrel. The butt of the gun was on the ground and he was holding the barrel of the gun with his right hand. The gun was almost as tall as he was. To the right of his gun was what appeared to be a mule. The crazy thing to me was that even though there was color to this man, gun, and animal, the colors were very faint and I could see through them. I could see through them so much that they appeared to be made out of the gravel that was behind them. My uncle put me down and I went over to the window as fast as I could, and the man was gone. It had only been a few seconds since I had seen them. I tried to tell my uncle what I had just seen, and before I could, my grandma called to us and told my uncle to go take out the trash. I got extremely upset and told them what I had seen and that my uncle shouldn't go outside. I was actually crying at the thought of him leaving to go outside, so after I described what I had seen, and he saw how upset I was, he refused to go outside, and the trash didn't get taken out that night. That is the only time in my whole life that I had ever seen anything like that. I am positive that I had seen the ghost of a Confederate soldier. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. Sam's story reminds me a lot of Unsolved Mysteries. I am a huge fan of Unsolved Mysteries, and I remember the paranormal reenactments, especially when they involve soldiers. 
I can see a Confederate soldier apparition showing up on Sam's lawn as a child and him just being like, what the heck is this? Virginia is ripe with paranormal history and encounters. So our next submission comes from Kenji DXC. He shares with us a creepy encounter with a doll. Ugh. Shivers. Once my mother came home with an enormous doll. It was about 60 centimeters tall. The doll was a gift from one of her students, and we decided to make room in the living room because even when it looked somehow wrong, I'll get to that later, it was beautifully done and so it deserved to be seen. The doll was of a little girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. She was smiling, and at first glance, the smile was of innocence and happiness. But upon closer inspection, you could notice how wrong it was. The smile was of malice. I don't know how to explain myself, but imagine going in the street and suddenly hearing someone calling for you with a big smile asking for your help. Usually you would help them, but something seems wrong with this person and you apologize for not being able to help and just run away as fast as you can. The doll was made of porcelain and it had this sweet smell coming from her clothes. Her dress was white with red dots and the fabric was soft and smooth maybe silk? I'm not an expert on fabric, unfortunately. Anyway, we started hearing sounds at night. At first, we thought it was just our imagination until we started to hear laughs. And yes, the laughing was of a little girl. Things started to disappear and we just thought we were losing things, which seems perfectly okay for the average distracted person, but we then noticed we were starting to forget not things, but actual memories. This is not the typical case of some entity who likes to hide things. We were actually forgetting things like names or even people and places. We tried really hard to throw the doll away but kept on forgetting that we wanted to dispose of her and as far-fetched as it sounds, now we know that the doll was doing something to us. At the end, my mother asked her student about the doll. The girl said that the doll wasn't happy with her and she thought that she would be happy with my mother. But after giving her away, she remembered how badly she wanted to get rid of her, which I understand perfectly because we felt the same way after we got rid of her too. She told us that the only way we could get rid of her and yeah, you guessed it, was to give her as a gift, which was extremely easy given how she looked at first glance. I do not feel guilty, believe me. After all of what I was forgetting, I felt relieved even when it meant to pass on the curse if you want to see it like that. Our neighbor always thought she was a beautiful doll and it was extremely easy to give her away. After a couple of weeks though, we asked her about it and she said she gave her as a wedding gift and had been planning to do so since we gave it to her but of course, I don't buy that. I know the feeling of having that thing in your house and the influence of it. I know that the story sounds extremely odd, but as I've heard before, there are dark things out there. We just don't pay enough attention until they arrive at our doorstep. Also, I apologize if my English is kind of bad. I'm not native and writing something like this proved harder than it seemed. 
Sometimes the experiences shared here are not our own stories. They are handed down through our families. I have several stories that I plan to share with you through the course of the show, and despite them not being my own experiences, they're just as spooky. Scary as Good submitted a story about his great-grandfather's experience. So, this is not an experience of mine, but rather one of my late great-grandfathers. I just remember this after my mother brought it up. So, a little backstory. He and my great-grandmother lived in a nice two-story house in Florida. They had lived in it since their marriage and had always had the lingering thought that the house may have been haunted. Their experiences were never severe, just little things like light footsteps in the hallways and faint voices. Well, one day, their daughter, my grandmother, has to go on a trip over the weekend and leaves her three kids, my two uncles and mom, with my great-grandparents. The day they are dropped off, which was a Saturday, nothing abnormal happens, and the five of them all enjoy the day together. Later in the evening, as my great-grandmother is preparing dinner, my great-grandfather is coerced into playing hide-and-look-for with my mother and uncles. He is the seeker. The game is almost over within five minutes, as my oldest uncle and mother were not the best hiders, or so they say. However, my uncle, who we will call C, is still missing. As my great-grandfather roamed the bottom floor of the house, he heard a floorboard squeak upstairs in the toy room. The toy room was a room that, as the name implies, kept toys for the grandchildren to play with. While my great-grandfather goes to the room and the first thing he sees is the large pink chest they store some of the toys in. Something about it made him feel that a person was inside, so he crept over to the chest and threw open the top yelling, Gotcha! However, as he told me a few years before he passed, he was quickly silenced when he realized that while there was a boy in the chest, it was not C. The boy, as he described, had a slightly grayish skin tone with an emotionless face, and he wore clothing reminiscent of the 50s. This story takes place in the late 70s. They both stared at each other for a second before my great-grandfather felt a hand touch his back. It was C. Apparently, he was hiding in a hallway closet near the room. C asked him what he was doing. My great-grandfather turned back to the chest, and there was nobody inside. While this wasn't a particularly scary encounter... My great-grandfather would go on to mention the boy's eyes were somewhat unnerving, as his irises were dark gray, almost black. The story has been told for laughs over the years over how strange it was and is one of the many paranormal events experienced by my family. I wish there was more to the story. I want to know where he came from. I wonder what would have happened if C didn't come up for his great-grandfather. So many unanswered questions, but I am glad that the experience is looked on with some laughter. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help me out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted or at our website, hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering was provided by Ches Gray, who manages Ches Gray Music. The official composer for the show is We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at WeTalkOfDreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?